0: Hello, hello, and welcome to the Finding the Unicorn in You podcast. What a beautiful day to inspire lives. My name is Jaime cabrera Ragosa, your host, and I am so excited to have you here. Let's get ready to meet some fantastic unicorns and learn how to unleash the inner unicorn in you. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Finding the Unicorn in You. Today, I have an award-winning professional life and end-of-life organizer, and certified life coach. She is passionate about supporting people in clearing clutter in all areas of their lives, getting organized, and becoming more mindful and aware. She also hosts popular self-help podcasts, Clear Your Clutter Inside and Out, and is the author of 15 books, including the Got Clutter? 365 Journal Prompt Series. Now, without further ado, I welcome Julie Corracio.
1: Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here.
0: I'm really excited to have you here. So why don't you tell us a little little bit about clutter?
1: Well, I'm a little bit different from people. I started my business in 2009 and I do a lot of personal growth work. And so I had this, my business, and I never recommend changing your business name, but my business name had been Healing Through Organization. And then I worked with this client one day and she said, can we just talk? And I said, you're the client. We can do whatever you want to do. But what was so fascinating is we spent about three hours talking about her life, things that had happened to her. And in that last hour, we were, be, we were able to clear so much clutter. It was an aha moment for me, we like, what's deeper? And in the meantime, I'm doing this internet TV show called Reawaken Your Brilliance, where I interview body, mind, spirit experts, because that's something I'm interested in. And that influenced, and I'm like, you need to coach now, you need to bring that in and see the bigger picture of clutter. It's not just the physical stuff. It's so much more.
0: Mm -hmm. Wow. We all have physical and mental clutter that stops us from getting through our daily lives. So I know you in the bio, I heard, I read that you do it beginning and end of life. So can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. So
1: end of life, you know, a lot, especially I will, well, I will speak for America because I'm American and we definitely Are afraid of death, and that's a cultural thing. And you know, my personal belief is we have so much plastic surgery in this country is because it's a way of really staving off death. We think if we look younger, for more youthful, then maybe that's going to stop the marching to the end of time. And it really isn't. And so it's about bringing you peace of mind. We never know when our number's called. My mom died about two years ago, and prior to that, what got me interested is my dad sat us down and said. I want you to know all this. You know, when I die, I want the cheapest coffin you can get. And he said, when your mom's late to the funeral, don't yell at her. And so mm-hmm. when my mom died, I was like, well, this is all prepared and it wasn't. And my dad's like, yeah, she didn't want to talk about it. So when you're grieving, it's really hard to make these decisions. So it not only helps you, but it helps your loved ones so that they mm-hmm. can concentrate on grieving and getting through that process instead of being like, where's the safety deposit key? Did she want to be cremated? Did she want an end-of-life celebration? What is it? So that's the end-of-life stuff that I do. And then obviously life. Do we have a transition? Do we get married? Do we have a baby? Organizing around that as well.
0: That's brave of what you're doing. It just goes beyond just the United States. A lot of people don't want to think about that. They mm-hmm. just, they don't talk about it. Because I'm just saying, because Mexican culture, we don't talk about it. Like we we talk about celebrating people after death for the day of the dead, but we don't talk about the transition to death. But it's always the after and the before, but never the middle. It's hard. I tried having this conversation with my mom mm-hmm. and, okay, hey, so what are you looking at? What do you want? And then she's just, I don't know. I don't know. And why are you trying to kill me already? And I was like, I was not that I'm trying to kill you or I want this upon you. It's just, you need to be prepared. So I told her, I want to be cremated. I want to be spread. Or planted around a tree, and then she's just like, mm-hmm. "Why are you doing this? Why are you talking about this?" She's just gonna bring it into the future. I was like, "Death is gonna happen, whether we want to or not." Yeah, it's just. But it's fascinating how you you talk about this topic.
1: And I want people to think. A lot of people get hung up because they go, oh, "I'm not a millionaire." Doesn't matter what. How do you want to leave this earth? I hope I leave it a better place than when I came in. And so one thing I want, I'm like, how can I create a cat sanctuary? That's one of the big things that I want to live passionate about animals. I'm like, maybe something for dogs, too. But things like that and making sure my wishes are known. So we're in a little neighborhood here and we have a little community area. And when one woman died, she's, I want to leave that to the neighborhood. Well, she didn't have it in writing. Her family knew her wishes and the kids sold it so that they could build a house on it. Well, they didn't honor her wishes. And I'm personally not cool with that because I believe in karma and all that stuff and we will come back to bite you. But if there are certain things that you want to have happen, you need that in writing. And the other thing we don't think about is our health care. What do we want to happen? You know what? Pull the plug. I've told my husband, I do not want to be a vegetable. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I don't want to linger for you. I'm not having that. When if, And I don't want to go to extraordinary measures. You know, when my mom had a heart attack, stroke, another heart attack. And after all that, she had the the DNR, which was do not resuscitate if she were to have another heart attack. And so it's like bright green. You can't miss it. They put it on the fridge, which is where they look for stuff. But she's, I'm done. And my grandmother is the same way. They're like, oh, if you have gangrene, we're going to cut off your leg. And she's like, nope, let everything take its course. I don't want to have beyond that. We have gotten in medicine to the point where we're going to take these extraordinary measures instead of looking at what's our quality of life.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. And it's scary. It's a scary thing. And like I've told uh, my friends and family that I want my organs to be donated. I want Three days max. If I don't wake up after that coma, unplug me. I do not want to be there a long time because then it's a burden on the people that are still alive. It's yeah. uh, I don't want them to be burdened to sacrifice their whole life, visit me mm-hmm. every single day at the hospital. And mm-hmm. I say, if it's my time, it's my time. Unplug me, don't plug me. I'm just going to still be there. It's just whether or not I'm going to wake up. And if it's meant to be, then after that 72 hours, I'm going to wake up. And if it's not, oh well. I try to live my life with so much purpose and joy every single day so that I don't regret anything. Like the day that I pass, if I were to pass tomorrow, I've lived such a fruitful life and I have no regrets. Everything that I've done, it's okay. And I tell people and it frightens them when I say that. They're like, why are you saying that? And I was like, because I'm content. If I were to die tomorrow, I've done so many things that I've wanted to so far. Yes, I can accomplish so much more, but I'm okay with that. You have to be okay with whatever happens.
1: Absolutely. Well, you're a unicorn in that regard. I can tell. I know you're younger than I am because I can tell you that there aren't many people that I know could say that. So that's wonderful.
0: (laughs) It's taken a long time, and it's a process. And everybody else, there's days that you're like, "Oh, oh, that was scary," or if I almost got in a car accident. uh, Like, I don't want to take my life away. Don't get me wrong. I value my life, and I value living. I don't want to die, but I'm okay with the idea of if it happens. You've made peace with it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And by doing so, you do become more unicorn-like in that you're willing to take more risks on yourself. Mm -hmm. You're willing to lose it all and start all over because it's just a circle of life. Things are going to go ups and downs. We're all going to go through several things. And if you don't live life without risks, then you're not living. You're just surviving.
1: And you just have to learn how to—I had to learn this in my 20s, but a therapist saying to me, you got to learn to ride the waves. There'll be time that we all have it. So you let it pull you under, or do you ride it?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. So in this field of work, what would you say has been one of the most difficult things to either get clients to understand or even the transitions of going through all this?
1: I, well, I want to say one of the best things that's happened is it's opened up conversations, right? Because this is something we as a society... Don't talk about. So that's one of the good things that happened. That one of the more challenging things is when hearing people about their regrets, about what they didn't do, what they would have liked to do. And the thing that probably makes me the most sad is when people fight over stuff, or <laughs> you know, just pick over stuff like vultures. And I'm like, well, they're still alive, mm-hmm. and there's a and it's they owe you nothing. It is a gift for you to. For them to offer you things and it was very hard and i was like you just shut up it's not your place if you the opportunity arises and you can slide something in there to make them think but that's probably what i it just makes me sad
0: yeah and it's difficult i've seen it in my own family people have died and like i don't come from a rich family but when people are left to certain things they do get a little greedy and mm-hmm. they start to saying i I deserve this or I deserve that. Well, I took care of her here and I took care of her there or them, whoever it may be. Yeah. But it's it defeats the whole purpose of death in that you're you're not cherishing the person anymore. It's all materialistic.
1: Exactly. My husband shared the story. He grew up very poor and he said in their Italians and tons of kids and cousins and all that. And his grandmother was like, don't fight over my stuff after I go. There's not a ton. What they do, they all fought over it. And, man, I don't want to be like that. I'm like, I don't want to be like that either. And one thing my grandmother did, which was cool, is she started to, when she was getting around, who wants this? Come in. And she was so funny. She was very, like, I'm fair. So one person choose the oh, and choose and then that drew straws and all that. So she wanted to make <laughs> sure everything was even Steven. But she decluttered that way and started lifting that burden uh, and then you know made sure to avoid all that now it was in our family it was fortunate my dad and his sisters all got along so that didn't you know become a backyard brawl but uh, you know sometimes can turn into that
0: yeah no it, it definitely can but transitioning into current and present life what can what's one thing someone can do to start decluttering their life now like right now so not Just for to getting ready for death, but just let's say that they feel like their life is a mess. How can they start? What's the first step they should do?
1: Excellent. Well, I want to share first thing. I want to share with my definition of clutter because it's a little different than most people. To me, clutter is anything that prevents you from creating the life you choose, deserve, and desire. And those words are Mm. very specific and purposeful. Like when we desire, like that's proactive pooling and making that stake, And so like want is like, you know, want (laughs) like pulling towards and I'm like, create, bam, I want it to be that proactive thing. And the other thing, I also want people to see the bigger picture of clutter. We've talked a little bit about physical and mental clutter. So I don't want you to see a messy desk as a messy desk. I want you to see that as a roadblock to a promotion or preventing you from writing the novel that we need or a messy closet as being a roadblock to a relationship, right? Because they walk in and said, oh my gosh, I could never date anyone with a closet like that. (laughs) So start to see the bigger picture of clutter. So I would say if you're like just overwhelmed and many times when people have clutter, they're overwhelmed, like, where do I start? So sit quietly with yourself. You know, are you, what's causing you the most stress? Where are you the most frustrated? Where are you the most anxious? So start to ask those questions. And the great thing is when you work on one area, of clutter, it supports you in clearing and others. So the inner reflects the outer and the outer reflects the inner. So if you start to clean up that desk, then you're going to get mental clarity, right? If you start to to look at your emotional clutter and stop those knee-jerk reactions, then that improves your
0: relationships, right? So
1: it's going to have that symbiotic effect.
0: I agree. And it's funny that you say that because this is something I always tell people in my life, because they're like, you're always on top of things. You're always doing things. And I was like, there's one thing to realize. Because I'm probably not going to tell you that I am I need help. I was like, that's something I'm still working on. Mm-hmm. But if you come into my space and that my car is not cleaned, my apartment is a mess or like piles of stuff in my and like around my living area. Something's going on because I am very I like to keep my place the same way I like to keep my mind very clear, organized mm-hmm. and concise when it's not like that everything starts to show.
1: Yes, and that's so great that you have that insight and are able to share that. But that's an excellent point to bring up. You know, when what's going on? Because it's usually a deeper thing and we don't, like hoarding, I don't work with hoarders and that's a whole other ball of wax and, you know, some deeper, more traumatic things going on, but that's mental illness personified with all the hoarding.
0: Mm -hmm. It takes a long time. For one to start to go that route, but I mm-hmm. do think it has to, is attached to some type of trauma or some mm-hmm. type of, like you said mental health illness. but how so when clients come up to you and they said, "Hey, I want to get decluttered," what are some common things that you usually see, like with individuals?
1: Well, everything's individualistic, having said that, overwhelm is a big deal, like not having confidence to create the life that they desire not knowing where to start. I also have found with a lot of people, and this is, happens to me too, and I still have to clear it out, is we hear those voices from childhood or maybe they're from college the people who said we can't or not good enough don't do that. And so being like, okay, is that your voice or is that someone else who's interfering here? So that is, is a big part of it. I'm trying to begin being overwhelmed or all oh, this true too is being stuck and be like, "I don't know, I know something has to change, but I'm not exactly sure what it is, And so then that's about talking it through working on some things, and let's figure out now what's best for you, I know what's best for me, and everyone listening knows what's best for them. So I view my job is supporting you and uncovering that, right? Mm-hmm. Because you have that deep wisdom, what's best, It's like, how do we pull it out though and listen to it?
0: That's great. And we all have what we need inside us. Sometimes we just choose not to listen to it.
1: Yeah. A thousand percent. Right. (laughs) Like why don't, how many times have we not listened to our intuition? Right. It's Mm -hmm. there to guide us. It's there to support us. It's there to save us. And we're like, "Mm -mm. Oh, I don't know. Right. Oh, send me a sign and 20,000 signs come send me another (laughs) one. I didn't see it. I'm not paying attention.
0: No, I completely agree. And for Something that really stuck out from me from your bio was you wrote fifteen books. That is such a great accomplishment. First of all, I applaud you for really for doing that because it took me a long time just to do one. So, so well it was were-
1: years. It was years. And for me, like the structure's the hardest part. And so with the clear your clutter inside and out, I'm like, I'm gonna keep it easy and name it the podcast, right? So that didn't take a yeah. lot of effort. <laughs> but then taking episodes and being like, how can I write this in book form? And then people are like, I need something quick. So I did the 21 day challenge to get people going. And then the other ones are journal prompts. And as I talked a moment ago, we all have the wisdom within. So I wanted to give people an opportunity say, okay, this is, I need to help with holiday clutter, relationships, finances, all that stuff, health. And so that they could sit down and write. And then what I did differently is I have a little line with a lotus because I've talked about people who have clutter being overwhelmed. Okay, so you write your answer. Then let's have that second step of picking out what's most important and what we've written down. And then we move it over here, bam, here's our solution. Here's what I have to concentrate on. And then obviously teaching people, how do we take action? How do we make those goals to move forward, right? Because we need to have awareness plus action to create change in our life. And if we don't have those two things, then our life doesn't change. And I'd ask people who are listening, where were you five years ago? Are you where you want to be? Are you where you want to be next year? Because when we get older, especially time, just bam, it's what? A year's gone by. And if we're not paying attention, then life completely
0: slips by us. I agree. So, is there one that you consider your baby, like one of your favorite? Funny, (laughs) your Um, favorite
1: books. You know what? I would probably say it was the "Clear Your Clutter Inside and Out" because that was the first one, and that took the. I mean, I worked on that four years. Oh wow! Because I'd really, uh, and then you know, I I have the worst grammar known to man. So, uh, (laughs) despite having wonderful teachers, it was never their fault. So, Mm -hmm. I had to like creating the structure really took me time and then having feedback and getting it edited and all those things. But I would say yes, just because that took so long. And but I stuck with it. You know what? I want to be able to call myself a writer. That's super important to me. Just one foot in front of the other. Keep doing
0: it. Yeah. And you're leaving your legacy out there. And that's something that people can still cherish and learn from years from now. Yeah, that's really my hope. Yeah, no. So that's amazing. And definitely a true inspiration for me as well, because it makes me Think that, wow, you can definitely keep working and putting yourself out there way more and more.
1: Yeah. And you know what? Keep doing it. I want to address something uh, that you brought up. Be proud of yourself for putting yourself out there. I can't tell you how many times I'm attacked. And, you know, if you don't, I have no problem if you don't agree with me. Cool. Let's have a great conversation, learn. But I laugh. So I got a comment the other day on YouTube your face scares the bleep out of me. Okay. Now, normally in the past, I'd maybe try to be, like, funnier. I'd be like, let's impart some wisdom, and maybe someday they'll... And I was just like, you know what? Delete. I'm not even going to go there. And so I have had nasty comments about the podcast. But then I have to remind myself, all those people say, hey, this helped me so much. Thank you so much. You were a guiding light. Because I guarantee you, all of you listening are making a difference to someone, and someone's watching you and paying attention whether you're aware of it or not. So you just let those keyboard warriors go to the side and know they're going to be there. You could have the best book ever in the universe and someone's still going to criticize it. I remember Uh seeing on YouTube, Whitney Houston had an amazing voice and her rendition of the Star Spangled Banner for me is the best that's ever been created. And I thought, if you all can criticize Whitney Houston, then I'm okay. (laughs) I am in good company. I can accept whatever you throw my way.
0: Exactly. And I always tell people, and I've told myself as well, is that people are always going to judge you for something, but that's Mm -hmm. not a reflection of your work. It's a reflection of something that they're going through or an insecurity they have.
1: Yeah, and you know what? When you judge another, you judge yourself. Mm -hmm. Because if you were judgment-free of yourself, you wouldn't have the need to judge others.
0: Exactly, exactly. And I say, if a person is that obsessed, to really take the time out of their day mm-hmm. to look at my stuff from, because those are the ones that are seeing everything from start to finish. Yeah. So I was just, <laughs> so I was like, you know what? Keep doing it because you're just like building me up.
1: Exactly. <laughs> and again, I'm sure you're the same way. I welcome constructive feedback. I want to be write the best book possible. If there's an error, let me know. But it's a different saying like your face scares me, right? That's yeah. What does that do? That does nothing. nothing.
0: No. Yeah. If there's somebody with an actual opinion or like saying, hey, and they're coming out of a good intent saying, hey, I just I noticed this. Maybe you should work on this. And I'm open to listening and I'm open to adapting. I'm a lifelong learner and I always want to consistently grow and learn and adapt. Times are consistently changing. Yes. And things that we learned 10 10 years ago are not the same way that we have it now. I was talking to someone the other day
1: and I saw someone from college who hadn't changed. Now, one hand you think, oh, if you're still the same good person that's awesome but this was a matter of you've not grown in your beliefs you've not changed like it was you were stagnant you have not grown as a person and to me that was one I'm like no we're way too old for this that (laughs) to me was sad like you haven't grown and changed at all like I don't think that's a badge of honor that's sad
0: yeah because life gets change is a must change is something that is Mm going to happen whether you like it or not and you can try to stick with the old ways but it's only stopping you from growing it's only stopping you from succeeding mm-hmm. and i've seen it in people that i've worked with i've seen it with people like in in my friends and family where it's a little bit of complacency mm-hmm. with wanting to keep the old times alive because that's where the, they feel that those were the best parts of their life mm-hmm. however you can create new memories you can create new joys in life just because your current situation is not the best doesn't mean it has to stay like that that's where you have to change to make right. it
1: better. <laughs> right a thousand percent also like when i was younger life to me was more black and white but when you've lived life when you've lived experiences when you meet people who don't look act think and be like you then you th- well no there's some gray it's, mm-hmm. It really isn't black or white it's
0: gray i completely agree and talking about changes and transitions. What would you say was one of the most difficult transitions that you've had to go through your journey?
1: A personal or professional? Your pick. More pick. Well, I would say personally, just because it's still fresh in my mind, was when I helped my mom transition. And it, we moved back to my hometown, which I'm in a small hometown and it should be making a TV show out of it. Coming back in your 50s and God love my husband because he was <laughs> said, OK, let's do it. But it's, oh my God, or things like the things that I don't want to remember from growing up here. So we had downsized. We were in North Carolina and Raleigh. And so like I'm like, I'm never moving again. You're taking me out in a body bag. And then <laughs> two years later, we're moving again. So that was really hard because we had a setup there and then finding a house and starting anew and starting. So that and, and later in life. So it's when you're like in your 20s, I'm like, yeah, I moved to LA. Let's do this. I can drive all over and do that. I'm like, no, too old for that now. So that's probably was a very challenging time. And I feel like I've almost started to really get settled. It's just like we had to live with my parents for a little bit until we found a house and dealing with my mom and I hadn't been taking care of myself really well. So it was a lot to process. It was a lot to go on. I also remind myself, you know, we've talked about, those are just the waves of life, right? Everything's mm-hmm. not gonna f- always completely flow. How can I do the best that I can do with what I'm going through right now?
0: Yeah, that's very difficult. Just uprooting your life, going somewhere and starting all over and still with the transition with your mom that I'm so sorry that she. Oh, thank you. And
1: I would say this for anyone. One, I see butterflies all the time that I know because that's about paying attention. I remember we were hiking in West Virginia and, and really rainy day and there was no one there. And someone walks out, three people in the whole park wearing a butterfly on their shirt, which reminds me, look, pay attention. And I was with her when she passed and even though I still have fears around it, I'm like, oh no, like she is still here. Like I could feel the room filled with people welcoming her. You know, if you ever have that opportunity, don't be afraid of it. Embrace it. And then you can support them on their
0: next journey. Mm -hmm. I completely agree. And it's just, you have to be aware of your surroundings and really appreciate everything that you see. There's so much beauty And there's so many signs that you said that the universe gives you, but we just choose not to pay attention sometimes.
1: Exactly. So it's, but being aware, right? And there's, don't ever judge yourself. Be kind to yourself. If you're doing the best that you can, that's okay. Maybe today, the best that you could do was get out of bed. We all go through that. We all face that, right? And so celebrating where you are and just, continually moving forward. I like to say that if you, people are like, oh my gosh, my whole house. Okay. But if we spend 10 minutes at the end of a year, that's over 60 hours. And boy, you can do a lot in 60 hours, right? So if Mm -hmm. you have to chunk it down that minutely, that's okay. But you keep moving forward and you keep working on whatever it is you're working on.
0: I completely agree. I actually tried this out with one of my clients the other day where she did not want to start certain tasks because they said that they were too overwhelming and they were too big. Mm -hmm. So I told Mm her, put a timer and put five minutes. Yep. When you start the timer, start doing the task. Once the timer ends, take a deep breath, walk away. If you want to continue, you're more than welcome to continue. If you don't, then you just leave it there and do it again in an hour or two hours. But try to do 15 minutes a day, but in five minute increments. Yeah. Yeah. She said that sounds stupid. That's not going to work. And I was like, humor me, throw me a bone. Just let's say that you tried it. She's fine. And... The next week, she's, I got three hours of my work done. She's, I was like, good job. Yeah, she's like, yeah. I hated, but she's, like, I hated trying it. But each time I set the timer, I always wanted to keep going after the timer was going. And I was like, that's the whole point. It's just starting. Right.
1: Exactly, exactly. I found that true for most things and most people. Just getting that, once you get started, you get in that groove. And when you see, oh my gosh, I'm getting it done, right? It's that burden lifted from me. Then that's the motivation to keep moving forward.
0: And a lot of us just are scared to start because we're scared of not accomplishing it or failing it. Mm -hmm. You just have to get out of your head. Just be mindful of what you're doing. Embrace failing. And if you are, then starting is not going to be a problem. Just do it. Just try it.
1: Wasn't it Michael Jordan was cut from his junior high basketball team? And there are thousands examples of that in every industry of people. You're not good enough. No, and now I'm a paid painter or whatever it is. But they kept with it. They said, okay, I was cut, but now I'm going to make myself work harder and ended up being one of the greatest players ever. Everyone, I don't know anyone who hasn't experienced failure and I don't look at it as failure and I don't like the word mistake because me, it's, if you've learned a lesson, like if you continually do something over over again, then yeah, I'd probably use the word mistake, but if you, it helps you course correct or if you learn, it's not a mistake. It's a part of process of life and learning.
0: Yeah. And I agree with you. Every mistake is just an opportunity and it's opportunity for you to grow and for you to learn. And I tell people all the time, they're like, ah, I failed at this. And I was like, and what did you learn from it? What what came from that? Mm-hmm. The world end? No. Mm-hmm. I was like, are you still breathing? Yeah. So what can you do next time to, to be a little bit better so that you don't have this feeling again? And it's not the actual mistake. It's the feeling that we place upon it mm-hmm. that, yes. Is, yes. that we try to avoid. It's
1: what we infuse on it. Like when people are struggling, they'll say, oh, I don't want to let this go because it has a memory. Well, your memories are in your head and your memories are in your heart. They're not on the object. We get confused because we think they are. But if you let the object go, then the memory will still be there.
0: Exactly. And that can be for good and bad memories.
1: Oh, a thousand percent. You'd be amazed at the number of people who hold on to things that don't have good memories. No. You know, I... think. And I'm like, we can let this go, right? You don't have to carry this with you any longer. You can let the object go and we can let the memory go and we can say hasta la vista. We don't need that. And we can move forward and let those mean comments and let all those things, Let's let, it's time to let
0: it go. It's been here long enough. And through your journey of everything that you've gone through, if you can go back and give yourself one piece of advice, what would you tell yourself?
1: Um, I would probably tell myself, it's going to be okay keep the faith, keep going. You don't give yourself enough credit. You're much stronger than you. And this is not just for me. This is for everyone. I don't, have never given myself enough credit. Here's just something happened to me last week. So my health has been last year and this year has been the priority. I didn't take care of myself when, uh, taking of my mom, I'm down 25 pounds. I'm halfway there. But last week at the gym, I had this, uh, she gave me this. I'm doing, I don't know what you call them. Like, it's not just like lifting weights. It's like you take a ball and you slam it and you do all these different the cir- functional cir- Oh, circuits. So it's like a circuit training, like yeah. functional. So uh, stuff that I've never done before. And so anyway, she's like, okay, a half an hour is many. And I walked in and I said, is this a joke? 60 flutter kits, <laughs> then 40 cats. She was like, you're supposed to just chip away at it. We're shocking your body into trying something new. And I was like, okay. So I was like, if I get, I'm like, I don't think I can get around. She's said, I think you're only gonna get around done. I got around and a half done, and I was super pumped because I'm like, just keep with it. We talked about the five minutes, the ten minutes, just chip away, take that little break. But that was just a reminder: you never give yourself enough credit. You've been working hard. You've been doing it, and then it's all gonna be okay. And trust the process.
0: When it comes to working out, I had a a friend who taught me this, and I do it, and it's I always feel silly doing it, but it helps me get through the set. So she, he's told me. Count to 10. Okay. If you can reach to 10, take a deep breath and count to 10 again until you finish it. And it's because you can always get to 10. It's just like 10 seconds. And I was like, okay. So I'm doing like the weightlifting and I'm just like one, two, three, four. And I just do it until like I finish the set. And by the time I realize it, sometimes it's three times me counting to 10, but I finish it. But at least in my head, I feel like there's a sense of relief and accomplishment. You're like, yes, I made it 10 seconds. Can I do 10 more seconds? Okay, let's do it. And if I feel that my body, you also have to listen to your body. If it's like yeah, too yeah. much, don't like just, it's okay to let it go.
1: Yeah. If you keep with it, like I can now do a 45 second plank. And when I do the circuits or whatever, do, you know, do a couple of them. Like I can do 43 or four 45 second planks in my little circuit training. I mm-hmm. couldn't have done that
0: six months ago. Your body's building the endurance. Mm-hmm. Same thing as your mind. The more you yes. do the more you do it in these exercises, the more you're strengthening that muscle.
1: Exactly. And I encourage everyone listening, find a mindfulness practice that might not be meditation. I have a friend that loves classical music and that's the way he gets his Zen on. When I mow, I find that very relaxing. I feel like I can do a mind dump when I do that. So find something that works for you. but It's really important to have something that is some type of mindfulness practice.
0: So this is the last question, and I really loved this conversation.
1: <laughs> thank you. I've enjoyed it.
0: You're <laughs> so this, wise
1: beyond your years.
0: Thank you. Thank you. I feel like we can probably go for hours, and I can probably pick your brain. So I might bring you back on because I def- I really love this conversation. So, this is the last question. I ask everybody this question. It's the whole premise of the Unicorn Podcast. So in your opinion, what is a key factor that helps a person transform into the unicorn journey to reach their purpose and their happiness?
1: That's a great question. And I just love the whole premise of your podcast. I would say first that you need to understand and believe that you have the ability to be the unicorn. We talked about earlier, whose voice is that telling you that you can't be the amazing person that you are. So first you have to believe that. What's also very important is that you come up with a definition of what does it mean to be a unicorn to you? You know, here in our society, that money seems to be the main goal or the main measurement of success. And I don't believe that. Are you happy? Did you make a difference in someone else's life? How are you supporting others? Because you can, we all know that, what does that study say? Something which shocked me that It's 75 grand, you tap out the happiness thing. And if you have 75,000, you're most likely going to be happy. And so we have to, well, it's a whole other conversation to society about what we do things. But I would just encourage people, come up with that definition for you. What does it mean to you to be
0: a unicorn? I love that. And yet each person's happiness is different. Mm -hmm. When I ask people this question, define your happiness. And if it's something having to do with material things, I said, okay, that's a good starting point. Now let's go beyond that. The thing is that these material things are they, they fade. Mm-hmm. It's it's a instant gratification. Yeah. Once you get it, it goes away. It has no meaning. It has no purpose. It's gonna bring you happiness for a little bit, but it's not it's not the long lasting one that's gonna fulfill your life every single day. Right.
1: I like to use the donut analogy. I'm like, oh, man, I want to eat that donut. It's looking so yummy. And then an hour later, I don't feel so good. So I'm like, you find yourself like the donut might lead you to temporary happiness, but you're feeling it
0: an hour later. Exactly. And then you will need another donut and you need another donut. Same thing with income. There's never going to be this magic number that's going to solve all your problems. Right. I I know people who are very wealthy who are not so happy.
1: Yeah. And
0: I know people who are I don't want to say poor but they're comfortable in their life and they're they exude happiness. There's everything about their life is just like rainbows and sunshines and I'm like <laughs> I want to be where you're at.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. There's something learned from that.
0: Yeah, and I I humbled myself a long time ago where I I had a friend who she and her family live comfortably and I was always stri- striving to like I need this, I need that. I need to make this much money. And she makes maybe a portion of what I make, but she has such a fruitful life. Mm -hmm. And I I sat down with her and I was like, how is it that I make more money, but I'm so miserable and you're just like so happy. And then she just said, you need to be, you need to find that inside you. Mm -hmm. And that's when I started my journey. And I really hope that others listening to this can really start their journey and realize that material things are not going to make you happy.
1: They aren't, but you just got to take that first step that you Mm -hmm. can do it and you're listening to the podcast. So this is, this is information and many examples of how that first step can be.
0: Mm -hmm. Yep. Completely agree. And if somebody wants to get a hold of you or maybe hire you or buy your books, how can they do? So? They can go to
1: reawakenyourbrilliance.com. i got all my books there. I've got them on Amazon. I've got affirmations. I've got classes and I have a free newsletter and they get 10 free tips to declutter your life. And I give you a bam, take action right now. So for like are like emotional holiday, I've got something for you to get started. And then all my social media and you can find me there.
0: Perfect. And for the listeners, I'll be posting all of this information in the show notes, so feel free to just click the links. Also, if you want, you can go to my website at regoza-consulting.com, where I will have the Unicorn Wall of Fame, and you'll see her on there with her picture, bio, and links as well. So feel free to check either out. And quick reminder, episodes come out every Friday at 7 a.m., and don't forget to leave us a five-star review. Thank you so much for everything. I love this conversation so much.
1: Thank you for having me and I enjoyed today. And thank you for everything you're doing to make a difference in people's lives.
0: Thank you so much. Until next time. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Thanks again for listening to Finding the Unicorn in You.